what is up guys and welcome to pbe family therapy my name is dr k and i am blow pop and we are here after a hiatus mm -hmm. the hiatus was very justified because now dr k is actually a doctor so congratulations Ooh. buddy thank you my life is no longer a lie <laughs> it's all actually it's actually real it was a great weekend to spend celebrating with family uh the ceremony was awful it was outdoors it was 45 degrees fahrenheit with 30 mile an hour winds plus so it was very cold mm. i i watched the ceremony on <laughs> the broadcast that your college put out and yeah. I, I took a Snapchat of you standing with Dr. P <laughs> so yep. that you knew that I watched it. And then I closed that immediately. Yeah. <laughs> this ceremony was, was so boring. It was the worst. Not fun. I mean, no, no grad ceremony is fun. Yes, it's very true. But especially for a doctoral student, because the whole thing is just geared towards the undergrads because there's like 12 times as many of them. I was actually kind of surprised that they had just everything mashed together. I thought it would have been yeah. like a grad ceremony right which also like i thought i would have thought that would be safer too just to have yeah. fewer people there i would have thought so too but i am not in charge i just do what i'm told <laughs> uh that being said we will actually talk about pbe today so uh really yep. excited about specifically that. there is a bonus put out by jay cortesi i think yeah. there's a number at the end of his name but i don't remember the number at the end not of the name either. he's number one in my heart so that's awful. Number one. <laughs> Anywho, uh, Jay Cortesi put out uh, a surprise double media uh, bounty. I don't know what you want to call it. Uh, yeah. So we will uh, we will be talking about season predictions in this week's episode. Yep. And uh, next week will we we will be uh, collaborating with women of PBE. Yep. Super excited. Uh, and then we'll also be pumping out a bonus episode for the uh, charity auction items that we had. Yep. So uh, Poe, Enoch, and Phillies have submitted their desired topics, and we will mm -hmm. touch on those next week as some extra little content. For sure. So lots of stuff coming up, lot of, lots of content. So we're, we're excited for it and hope that you guys are excited for it too because it should be a fun time. So for today, uh, before we jump into predictions, we're just going to do a very, very quick and brief overview of what has happened thus far in the season and then be talking about our predictions kind of from that standpoint. So just providing a little bit of context um, before we jump in. So basically for the majors, first off, love the 16-team format. This is yep. just... I love it. Love it, love it, love very, it. So very clean. Very, very much so. So in the East, we've got the Aviators at 15 and 6, the Voyagers just under 500 at 10 and 11, the Crabs at 6 and 15, and the Buffalo Surge at 5 and 16. Yep. Uh, and we will we will be talking about predictions in two manners as well. Uh, mm -hmm. First, we're going to compare to the predictions that Doc and I submitted for mm -hmm. TPE purposes. Yep. Uh, and then we'll also just say what we think is going to happen from here on out. Um, yep. So in terms of Legends East, that order is mm -hmm. uh, we're technically incorrect. Both of us have crabs last. Sure. But, uh, I mean, 6 and 15 and 5 and 16 is yep. pretty interchangeable. Plus, the crabs are on a 1 and 9 stretch yeah. in their last 10. So yep. momentum is not on their side. Yes. Downward trending for sure. Mm -hmm. um, but... Looks about right. Uh, moving on to the Legends West. Thus far, we've got uh, very competitive 
um, division, which is interesting. We've got the Sloths at 13 and 8, the Raptors one game behind at 12 and 9, the Makos three games behind at 10 and 11, and then my Vancouver Vandals at 8 and 13. And apparently this one is surprising a lot of people, including Boise folk. Mm -hmm. Uh, You and I, in our actual predictions, have Sloths. Mako's fourth. I have Mako's third, Raptors fourth. So Mm -hmm. either way, we're both surprised that Boise is overperforming. Yeah, the internet cut you off for a second. Do you want to say that order one more time? Okay. Uh, You have Legends West as Sloths, then Vandals, then Raptors, then Mako's. Mm -hmm. I have Legends West as Sloths, then Vandals, then Mako's, then Raptors. Mm -hmm. So both of us only have Sloths correct, uh, but Raptors are throwing each of us for a loop here. Yep, for sure. Over, maybe overperforming, at least overperforming compared to the uh, the assumptions of what mm-hmm. was going to be happening, for sure. Uh, moving over to the Champions East, the uh, perhaps the surprise, the Indianapolis Apex, is, uh, they are in first place and second in the league at 16 and 5. Stars are one game behind at 15 and 6. The Supernovas are in third at 11 and 10, and the Demons are in last at 6 and 15. And as of now, you have Supernovas and Apex flipped. You mm-hmm. you predicted Novas, Stars, Apex, Demons, so you have two and four correct. Yep. I have Stars, Novas, Apex, Demons, so mm-hmm. I have just the Demons correct. Either way, this whole division is so tightly bundled together in terms of just talent. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm fr- I'm frankly really surprised not that this specific order mm-hmm. exists. I'm just surprised that Indy is over 700 and Detroit is under 300. Like it, yeah. it's very odd that and I mean, Nashville is also over 700. I thought all of them would have been much closer to 500. I mean, they haven't only played each other mm-hmm. or whatever, but uh, I don't know. Either way, kind of surprising that the demons are struggling that hard. Yeah, they're not doing well. They also have lost their last 10 games. Oh. They started right around 500, and then they have lost 10 in a row. Um, yeah, it looks like they're just kind of struggling on all fronts, unfortunately. Um, some close games in those last 10. There's like one, two, three, three games that were only by one run, and really only one of them was a blowout. Um, yeah, just getting bricked by Scorpions. Yeah, but other than that, it's all pretty close. So maybe some bad luck for them. We'll see if it turns around. I'm guessing they won't end the season at you know a 286. No, I can't imagine that either. Um, I I I wonder if being you know 11 games back or whatever is mm-hmm. too much of a hole to dig themselves out of. Yeah. But I think they can maybe play spoiler to whoever's trying to get second in the division or something. Yep. Totally uh, do you that. know off the top of your head, mm-hmm. is it eight teams make playoffs or is it six still? I think it's six, if I remember correctly. I think it's one from every division and then a wild card on either side. Okay. I think. I wonder if I, I, wonder if I can look that up in the um, game file here. While you snoop around for that, I'm just going to send a message to Poe. He's Even better, there. the man, the legend, the man who knows all things. As you have stated before, uh, borderline encyclopedic knowledge. Yes. 
Uh, looks like there are eight total. Oh, yeah. So well, I don't think you need to message it. So it's a wild two wild cards from either side. Well, Poe, I typed most of the question. Uh, thinking of you, buddy. Thanks. Appreciate you. Well, then, I mean, I still don't think that they can make it, but they yeah. can probably throw a wrench in the plans of either Nashville, Sarasota, or Death Valley, because those mm -hmm. are going to be the three that are vying for right. that other spot. Assuming wild cards come from just the champs to fill the champs. Yeah, I think so. I, 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 it'd be weird if it was just like the four best teams yeah. in the league or something like that. That would be bizarre. Um Moving on to Champions West, uh, the Rougarous. Holy cow. Some people were calling for them to like cool off this year. Uh, they have come out guns ablaze and they're sitting at 18 and three best record in the league and they've won their last 10 games. <laughs> yeah. And you and I both had them at the top of uh, the CW. Yep. Love it. Along uh, with uh, Scorpions second. Mm -hmm, which is how it is right now. They're sitting at mm -hmm. 11 and 10. And then uh, the Serpents and your Toros tied for last at uh, 6 and 15. Right. It looks like the Toros have the tiebreaker right now, yeah. whatever that is. Um, I don't even know if they've played against each other. So mm -hmm. maybe it's just like run differential or something. Yeah, it could be. Uh, you and I both have Toros last in the division. Yep. So there's a lot of time for that to happen. Um, mm -hmm. I I feel somewhat confident that Champ West, you and I should get all four correct. Mm -hmm. I feel confident that in Legends East, we will get Aviators 1, Voyagers 2. Mm -hmm. The other two are kind of a toss-up. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, Champions East, nobody knows yeah. at all. No, no idea whatsoever. <laughs> and then Legends West, other than the hot start coming out of Boise, I think it's San Antonio is the clear one yep. bet. Yep. And then the other three are kind of kind of toss up. Yep. We'll kind of we'll see. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Also, man, I got to get used to the names of the divisions. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. We'll get there eventually, but it's uh, certainly it's not easy. Uh, do we want to talk about some of our predictions for the majors or should we do the minors context first? Uh, let's just stick with majors, I think. Cool. Um, so one thing that we also did right before the call started is uh, Doc is running a bunch of simulation iterations yep. starting from now. So yes. based on the current records that the teams have, he's cranking out 100 sims, and it's going to pop out the average record that each of the 16 teams has after all hundred of these sims starting on day effectively four of the sim would be. Yeah. Yep. 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 So it's a really nice thing within OOTP for those who are not super familiar with OOTP. They have a simulation module and you can do things like, you know, do a thousand games between two specific teams and it'll run all those and spit out the averages and um, you can run full seasons. Uh, OOTP, the game is pretty famous for putting out their season predictions uh, they'll run like 10,000 iterations of the season and then say who the World Series winner is going to be. And they've called the World Series winner and the World Series loser for the last like five or six years, which is really impressive. <laughs> but speaks to the uh, quality of their game. Mm -hmm. So as we just complete this big bundle iteration, yeah. um, 
So after a hundred seasons simmed starting from now. Yep. If we take a look at the Legends East, it is in fact the order that we predicted. Yep, we're sitting at Aviators first, Voyagers second, Surge third, and the Crabs fourth. Um, yeah, but those last two aren't by a whole lot. No, not at all. So the, the Aviators, very dominant season, sitting at uh, basically two-thirds winning percentage. So they were 72 and 36. Uh, the Voyagers, 14 games behind, sitting at 58 and 50. <clears throat> and the Surge and the Crabs are only three games apart uh, with 41 and 38 wins, respectively. And all of this makes sense um, if you just take a look at the TPE totals and the TPE averages for every player mm. that has actually gotten playtime. Yeah. Aviators are by far the best team in the division, and they are yeah. by a decent chunk the best team in the league. Mm. So uh, the entire pitching, like the entire starting rotation for the Aviators, mm-hmm. Walker Cato is the highest TPE in the division. Mm-hmm. Justin Ripsbad is the highest second highest tpe starting pitcher in the division mm-hmm. pozo same for third and bob beaumont same for fourth so all four of their starting pitchers have more tpe than the other three respective counterparts in the division mm-hmm. and that ends up cranking out a massive average of 1512 tpe for their Jeez. average starting pitcher <laughs> so ouch i mean they have uh, the average for their whole roster that's had play time so far is mm-hmm. 1,262 and a sixth uh, TPE per person. So. so basically really dominant, lots of TPE. Um, I, I'm secretly cheering for them a little bit this year just with last year they were doing so well and they really, you know, put in a bunch of trades to try and really get themselves to the World Series and it just did not quite work out. Um but I could uh, I could see them going all the way this year and, and winning it all. And I think one of the biggest reasons that they might be able to do that and why they will assuredly win the division is, mm-hmm. as I just alluded to earlier, they have by far the best pitching core in the league. They have the highest total TPE and average TPE for all starting pitchers combined, mm-hmm. and they have the highest total TPE and average TPE for all relief pitchers combined. And I have to differentiate between those two because some teams are using four relievers. Some teams are using five relievers and some Mm. teams are using six relievers. Sure. But I mean, they, they have, they just have the best pitching in the league. Yeah. 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 So all of that looks kind of like we thought it would, which is comforting. Um, Interesting to note like the ERA, for instance, this is again projected ERA uh, is three point four one for the Aviators, which is pretty incredible. Um, just glancing through everybody else, they're oh wow, there are actually a couple that performed better than that. Interesting. So maybe this sim uh, projected a little bit of regression for the pitchers, but well, it's also we'll not necessarily only the pitchers' fault. So if we That's take true. a look at, for example, their infield. Mm-hmm. Um, out of the five infielders, I'm lumping catcher in with the other four. Mm-hmm. Uh, only Dan Halen, the catcher, is the best respective position in the division. Interesting. The Wesley Nakia, Tex Walker, Linus Riverboat, and Dub City all have decent totals, but they don't have the highest total in the division, and it's mm. not by a, a good chunk either. The Voyagers, sure. on average, their five infielders put together have 1385 
0.6 and the aviators are second place in the division but it's all the way down to 1153 so their average infielder is about 230 points lower sure than the voyagers so i think a lot of that potential fluctuation that we see from era could also be pinned on them for sure and that would kind of check out actually because if you look at uh, strikeout totals uh, the aviators are sitting at 1056 on the season and the second place is 1012 and those are the only four digits so they definitely lead the league by a wide margin in terms of strikeouts which of course is a pitcher only metric um, mm-hmm. but it's kind of surprising worst. It's kind of surprising that the second place was uh the Rugerus though because yeah. the second best pitching unit in the league is assuredly the San Antonio Sloths right and they had a great season they led the league in era at oh nope they were second place in era um behind the apex interestingly enough um they were sitting at 3.21 but only had 975 strikeouts um wow what are the what does the indianapolis apex pitching look like uh apex pitching has an average starter of 1449 mm. which is pretty good yeah that's fantastic and an average reliever of 691, which is hmm. not great. But across the entire league, uh, average relievers are definitely lower than average starters. I don't know if that's yeah. because people want to be starters hmm. and get moved to starter once they have high enough TPE. And sure. it just works out because, yeah, you have to gobble more innings up or something yeah. like that. Hmm. Um, Possible. I'll, uh, I'll go through my spreadsheet. I don't think there's a single team that has a higher relief pitching core average than starter core average. Okay. Interesting. Um, I just clicked on the apex's roster cause I couldn't have told you who was pitching for them. They've got Bobby daring as their first one, uh, former mm-hmm. San Antonio sloth. Uh, and he was recently acquired in a trade yeah. from, uh, I believe Seattle sea serpents yep. gave Bobby daring and Hank McDank. And mm-hmm. then the apex gave them, uh, I think it was like a, a, a first round draft pick and mm-hmm. then a potato and somebody else. Gotcha. Okay. So huge trade for sure. Uh, in, uh, Apex second player is Doug Dangly. Yeah. You know, the, the rest of it. Many Danglies, um, who has been there for a long time. Uh, third in the rotation is Uni Takamadon. Takamadon. To calm uh, down. To calm. Take them. Take them down. Is that what it's supposed no, to be? No, it, you know, it's, it's a reference to, I, I, I don't know if it's a reference to the phrase or specifically the Taylor Swift song mm-hmm. where it's, you need to calm down. Ah, bingo. I don't know. I guess I don't know Taylor Swift enough or Taylor Twift, however you want to. Yeah, there's a lot of, that if, if that is a reference to T-Swift, that yeah. is at least three in yeah. the league, which is very dense. Very, yeah. Very much so, um, but hilarious. They're all very good, so I'm I'm all about that. Yeah, and uh, so out of the four of them, you need to calm down. Is the third in the rotation, according mm-hmm. to what the GMs have set up. Yeah, uh, but in my spreadsheet, I have Uni as fourth because Tro mm-hmm. and Nohands has more TPE. So got it. He is the fourth highest TPE starting pitcher, mm-hmm. and is the best fourth highest starting pitcher in the division bobby daring is also the best starting pitcher in the division so interesting okay they have they have two out of the four the demons also have two out of the four Hmm. Uh, demons have the second 
pitcher, mm-hmm. Ricky Vaughn. Um, yep. And sense. then they also have the best third pitcher in the entire league with Kid Carsey. Hmm. Very interesting. And those are, I mean, they complement Molly Mitchell really well. And yeah. the quote worst pitcher on their starting rotation is striker spin rate who still has 1232 so like yeah they got a lot going for him for sure for sure all right uh enough of the the pitcher rabbit hole that we just went down on my apologies um let's look at i followed along with you yes that's right let's look at the legends west my my conference uh here so leader no surprise here san antonio sloths Mm -hmm. um Perhaps not as high of a winning percentage as maybe I would have guessed, sitting at 67 and 41, a 620 um, win percentage. Enough to win the division, which is what's important. And they won handily. (laughs) The Boise Raptors, 19 games behind with 48 wins. The Vandals in third place, 21 games behind at 46. And the Mako Mauis, one game behind the Vandals with 45. So pretty much what we were talking about in terms of our predictions San Antonio Sloths, clear winner, clearly the best in the division. Um, The other three kind of all in the hunt. Yeah, and it it also goes to show that as of right now, Boise is overperforming. You know, they're only one game behind San Antonio. It's Mm -hmm. only been three days, so it's only been 21-ish games or something like that. Not a lot. Um, But, I mean, overperforming is still great. If you do really well at the beginning of the season, then you can Mm -hmm. prop yourself up for some success that you otherwise should not have had an opportunity for. So they've given themselves a nice buffer window. I just wonder how long they're going to be able to keep that thing going. Um, In terms of team TPE totals, it should be what we were talking about, where sloths are clearly the best. Sloths have an average starting player or average player who gets action if it's a reliever or something like that, Mm -hmm. of uh, 1145 TPE. Mm -hmm. And then the Vandals and the Raptors and the Makos are all within about 12 of each other. Yeah. So it's it's really hard to make any decisions and try to solidify what you think will happen right. just with the amount of variance that can occur. One thing I will say that Vandals has an advantage in, though, is their average is artificially deflated because they have a sixth relief pitcher. Mm, sure. And if they stop using... Dave Mann, who only has 182 TPE, that would bump their average TPE up a lot. So it could cut out a weak link and uh, might help your chances or something. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I would have to assume that he's being used as little as he can, but I I don't really know. Yeah. I mean, the, the only thing that I looked when I was making this spreadsheet was were they used? Um, I, di- I didn't right. notice how much action they've gotten. I want to say there's like four games or something yep. that he's appeared in. Cool. Uh, one thing also that I noticed that uh, honestly, it reminds me a little bit of the f- artist formerly known as San Bernardin- Bernardino 66ers, the <laughs> California Firehawks last year. I feel like every time we looked at them, it's like, oh, look at that. They're leading the league in offense and in defense and pitching. It's like just one of those super house you know powerhouse teams rather um the sloths just looking at this uh the simulation here had only 372 runs against um which is like 140 better than the next team um in the division division, thank you uh so they're sitting at like a 321 era nearly a thousand strikeouts and then they 
also lead the entire conference in home runs with 144, um, which is very, very close to the Rugers and the Scorpions on, in the other conference. But it's like they hit a lot of dingers and their pitchers don't give up a lot of runs. Yeah, and that'll, I mean, not too surprising when you have someone like Juosu building the roster and they have, yeah. you know, her player, Stan Antonio, who is the second highest TPE player in the league. Yeah. And then you, I mean, they got a bunch of good outfielders as well. Yep. It's a good team. So, it's Unsurprisingly. Good team. They have the best relief pitcher in the game. Yep. Slim Dugan. Slim Dugan. When I say best, I, I just mean highest TPE total. But. Sure. Sure, sure, sure. Yep. Awesome. Moving over to the Champions Conference. Okay. So the Champions East, we've got the Indianapolis Apex winning the division by a slim margin of only two games. They've got 65 wins. The Stars, two games behind with 63. We've got the Sarasota Supernovas, uh, six games back at 59. And then the Demons in last place, 12 games behind at 53 and 55. And I think one of the biggest takeaways here is the average season from 100 Mm -hmm. iterations after starting 6 and 15 Mm -hmm. still has the Demons climbing back to 53 and 55. Yeah. So in a weird way, having 100 seasons worth of iterations showing these average results that we might be able to expect makes me have even less confidence in this division because if you have an average comeback like that from Detroit, Mm -hmm. well, what if they overperform and have a better than average comeback? So everyone in both of my locker rooms was just like, yeah, nobody is going to get champ East. Just like kind of guess as long as you do it, it's Mm -hmm. fine. Yeah. Exactly. Maybe, maybe you get one. Maybe you get two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the fact that the last place is sitting just below 500, and then mm-hmm. everyone is just pretty much clumped together. Even the, there's not like a a clear loser. You know, the Detroit Demons are only six games behind the the Supernovas, for instance. And there's not a clear winner. It's not like the Sloths, where you know that they're going to be 20 games up. Uh, Indianapolis Apex in this really only won by two games, so. It's all super close and it'll make it probably the most fun division to watch just in terms of like end of the season. How's this going to shake out? Um, yeah. And predictions are it's also in, in a weird way. It's it's muting itself a lot because it on average has definitely the highest skill ceiling mm. out of any of the divisions because the demons, oddly enough, even though they are last in these simulations that we ran and that stems from them having a really cold start. Mm-hmm. They have the third highest average TPE total in the league. Really? Their, their average starter, because they only use four relief pitchers, mm-hmm. their average person who's gotten playtime so far this season has mm-hmm. 1146 TPE. The wow. only two teams that have more than them are the Rougarous with 1238 mm-hmm. and the Aviators with 1262. Even the sloths have oh. 1144.8. So the demons are 1.2 TPE per player higher. Interesting. The sloths. And with that in mind, demons are three. Yeah. Ape- and then after that, it goes 
Sarasota and then Stars and then Apex. And those three teams take the five, six, seven spots. So hmm. all four of the teams in the division are in the top half in terms of average TPE per player that has game time. Very interesting. My gosh, I can't wait to... This is making me even more excited to watch how this division shakes out. Um, but man, the, so Detroit must just really be underperforming pretty heavily. I think so. Um, they're also kind of similar to, um, the aviators where mm -hmm. a lot of their power comes from pitching. Sure. Uh, aviators have a pretty ignorable infield and then a very good outfield. Mm -hmm. Um, and actually aviators is kind of a wonky example because they have the best outfield in the league. Mm -hmm. Um, but I mean, the Demons have Molly Mitchell, Ricky Vaughn, Kid Carsey, striker spin rate. Again, the, quote, worst starting mm -hmm. pitcher they have is 1232, which is great. Yeah, it's fantastic. And then their relief pitchers are the best in the division on average. Their first reliever is not the best. Their second reliever is not the best. Their third reliever is not the best, but their mm -hmm. fourth reliever is. Yep. They have a higher enough average that their unit as a whole is just a little bit better. Sure. But... Both their infield and their outfield have one person who is the worst in the division. Mm -hmm. uh, but with that being said, Indy Apex are winning the division, and they have four people in their infield who are the worst in the division. Wow. Dustin Parmalee mm -hmm. has the lowest TPE out of all first basemen. Mm -hmm. Sailor Twift for second. Wonder Franco for third, or sorry, for short. Mm -hmm. And Jibbo Slice for fourth. Mm -hmm. And they're not like, Low because they're bad. They're low because they're relatively new-ish. Right. I say they're the all rookies or rookie or maybe second year. Uh, Parmalee just got called up. Wonder just got called up. Mm -hmm. I think they are. I think Parmalee is a season twenty-two, and I think Wonder is a season twenty-three. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So all all new. They're just young. Yeah, they're just young. Mm -hmm. But it's surprising that they have the worst infield in the division. Hmm. And they have pretty middling everywhere else. Yeah. And they're still on the top of the leaderboard at the end. I mean, they have the they have the lowest total and lowest average TPE in Champion East. Sure. And to drive that point home even further, they have the third they are ranked third in their division in terms of runs. They're ranked uh third in their division in terms of strikeouts. Their ERA is very good. Um, and they do give up way fewer walks than everybody else. And they are last in their division in terms of home runs. Hmm. Some interesting quirkiness, maybe, there. So we'll see how it actually plays out in the real, in real life. <laughs> yeah, and I think it, it also could be something... Um, Beyond just the numbers, like I know mm -hmm. Sailor Twift is a 1022 second baseman, mm -hmm. but I also know Sailor Twift is a magician that has mm -hmm. 100 points in fielding range. So maybe True. they're just trying to, you know, lock down on defense and yeah. not necessarily win with pitching, but just win with not getting blown up. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yep. So you have it here, folks. Champion East, most interesting division in PBE. We are also not the first to say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> Brand new idea, and it was all ours.
Uh-huh. Yeah, or something. Uh, moving on to Champions West, the last division. Um, mm-hmm. This one played out exactly how we thought it was going to. And this is also one of the most interesting ones to look at right now mm-hmm. because it's the most, like, striated. Yes. Very, very far apart, which I probably could have guessed that that would be the case once the uh, once the divisions came out. So we've got, uh, in these uh, 100 iterations here, we've got the Rougarous in first place, unsurprisingly, with 78 wins, a 722 winning percentage, which is pretty awesome, mm-hmm. um, with a healthy, healthy lead uh, uh, in front of DVS, who are 20 games behind at 58 and 50. Uh, third place in their inaugural season, we have the Serpents, who have 44 wins, and your Cancun Toros Tank City sitting at 29 wins and 79 losses. Which is objectively correct. Yeah. <laughs> it, not only from the simulation is correct, we yeah. will be terrible, but yeah. also from a strategic standpoint, yep. that's, uh, that's Cancun doing what it should. Yes, yep. Yeah. Um, you don't want to accidentally win. And uh, so we talked about, you know, some teams that have really high average TPE totals. Mm-hmm. Um, the Cancun Toros, mm-hmm. because they have utilized six relief pitchers and four of them are under 400. <laughs> um, their average TPE for a player that has gotten game time. Yeah. 601.42. Uh, the next... <laughs> lowest in the entire league is mm-hmm. 838. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and that's the sea serpents. So Yay! Our friends the sea serpents. Hey buddies. It's making me chuckle to just to give reference. I, a new rookie, I think after this update will be at like 512 TPE. You should be higher than that. I think you're at 502 now and I think you would get 18 i think that's correct because i think you get five for training three for ac and 10 for individual i think you'll be at 520 i will be at 521 521 there we go um yeah so toro is not good no but very intentional right um so if we take a look down the line um my spreadsheet Mm -hmm. the way that i have it set up is if an individual player or a uh, unit like starting pitchers or mm-hmm. bullpen or whatever, or the team total or the average. Mm-hmm. If anything, there is the worst in the league. It's red. Mm-hmm. If it's the worst in the division, it's orange. If it's mm-hmm. the best in the division, it's yellow. And if it's the best in the league, it's green. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of red yeah. on Cancun. <laughs> um, so, uh, Dasa Nivas is not uh, slated as the starter mm-hmm. in our like strategy. I think he takes the four slot. Yeah, but he's the highest TPE pitcher, so I have him in the one slot here. Yep, he is six ninety three TPE, and he's the highest value starting pitcher that the franchise has right now. Wow. Uh, so yeah. let's see whether whether you're talking about units. Mm-hmm. Or you're talking about individuals. There are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, either eight or nine, depending on how you think about it, red boxes in Cancun. Mm. Meaning about 
40% of the team is the worst in the league at their respective stuff, whether it's an individual person or, for example, the infield. Sure. So basically, yeah, Tank City. And it's great. You know, we had, I think, five first-round picks this year. Nice. Uh, we had three last year, obviously, because mm-hmm. that's where I got picked up. And I think this upcoming draft, we have another, like, two or three or something. Which is good. It's going uh, to be interesting to watch that rebuild happen. And the fun thing about the re- a rebuild in PBE is that a season takes two months in real life. So unlike, you know, an in-real-life team... You yeah, it's not going to take four years. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, great. Nobody's going to want to watch a baseball game for four or five years. Um, so it's nice to we'll be able to see it slightly accelerated. <laughs> yeah. In terms of the uh, less awful side of the division, it's mm-hmm. not a surprise that the Rougarous are heavily slated to yeah. make a rather convincing playoff spot. Um, mm-hmm. They don't have the best pitching they don't have the best relieving they mm-hmm. have actually the best relief average but they only have four of them mm-hmm. uh, they have the best infield in the league hmm. uh, out of the five infielders their quote worst one is their first baseman slithery snack who used to be designated hitter last year i think mm-hmm. and slithery snack is at 1144 wow so their average infielder right now is at 1522.8 which is good <laughs> really uh, and they also have they also have the best outfield in the division um mm. with all three of their outfielders have at least 1400 and then their designated hitter i lump in with outfields for unit averages mm-hmm. just because whatever uh yeah. and their dh is johnny times two who's at 710 but if you're a designated hitter that 710 can be efficiently distributed so dh yeah. totals don't really matter as much but right, um, skewed a little bit. But their their infield is enormous. So yeah. again, to clarify, their infield has an average value of fifteen twenty two point eight. The next highest is fourteen sixty eight, and then wow. the next highest after that mm-hmm. is another sixty. Lower. So like they're they're definitely the best. Yeah, and infield. all that checks out in this simulation module, which just gives you top hitters, top pitchers for each. Uh, conference or sorry for each division um <laughs> the top hitters it's basically just rigorous we've got Beauregard Cook DeStefano Jr. uh Geronimo Snack Brew like all of those are in the top chunk yeah and we were talking about this before we started recording we don't know exactly how the game decides to order these yeah. if they are ordering them this might just be like a big bucket of like 30 people and like hey these people were good mm-hmm. in a sure nondescript order or something um, yeah it's possible i don't know how yeah because the, the last iteration we did and we, i did a different one when we were talking there the top two didn't really make sense why are they were ordered that way so i'm not 100 right. sure how they put all that together but i don't know um it's Another thing that kind of surprises me looking at this uh, sim result that you have in front of me is Mm -hmm. the Scorpions pitching did not do nearly as well as I thought they would because the Scorpions have the best starting pitcher Mm -hmm. in the game, and that's VV Zeman with 1803 Hmm. uh, as of my making the sheet, which was on May 6th. Um, Sure. The second best starting pitcher in the game is 
also on the Scorpions, and that's Fug wow. with 1797. Jeez. So I would have imagined that those two would have been able to just like brute force a lot of innings. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't look like that was necessarily reflected. They did better than Seattle and Cancun, but like, yeah. yeah. Hey. <laughs> Participation trophy. <Yeah>. Good job. <laughs> uh, the uh, Unfortunately, we can't dive in and see all of the stats for everybody, but I know that right. Fug did show up on the best list and he got a 4.02 ERA, 170 innings pitched. 149 strikeouts. Um, yeah. So, I mean, not not an awful season. I would assume oh. 4.02 is still below league, a- league average, um, if not right. right near it. Yeah, it just seems weird that it would still be that high, even though it's not that high. It yeah. seems weird that it would be that high, though, because the infield is kind of iffy, mm-hmm. but they have the best center fielder in the game and the best right fielder in the game. Hmm. So like you would think that there would be oh. more support. I don't know. Um, I mean, obviously the outfielders aren't going to undo hits as much as infielders do. And they right. do have some okay infielding. Sure. Yeah. To put some more context in it, in the actual Sims so far, Vivi and Fug have had really rough outings. Vivi's had six games. She's sitting at a 6.75 ERA, and Fug is at five games with a 7.52 ERA, neither of which are good, uh, but I would also point out that I aspire to get to that ERA. So, <laughs> <laughs> And uh, that that's a, a bleak, depressing teaser for our upcoming segment. We're going to start talking about Tosin's embarkation into the majors it's um but yeah i mean i don't think there's a whole lot that we saw in those simulation iterations that you ran that's surprising um one other flaw with doing this not only is there always going to be variation from bulk averages but this also does not account for any teams making moves yes absolutely nor does it account for player development right i kind of ignore that though Mm-hmm. because I make the assumption that each team will roughly gain the same amount of TPE if it's mm-hmm. trying to compete. Sure. Like the Toros have a lot of IAs, but they, they would trade them for worse people if they could. Right. right. So I don't think they care. Um, but like the Rougarous compared to the aviators, I mm-hmm. think that gap of about 1600 TPE between the two teams Mm-hmm is going to stay almost exactly the same throughout the year because I think sure. everybody's going to develop at about the same pace. The only reason that the Aviators might pull ahead a little bit is because Aviators have five relievers instead of four. Sure. I don't think that's going to be a big enough difference to matter. Right. I'm wondering if anyone has done a study on team's TPE throughout a season to see if all that growth is pretty consistent. It would be interesting. I don't want to do that. No, me uh, neither. <laughs> I'm just saying that would be interesting. We're really good on this show. Let me tell you what our bread and butter is coming up with fantastic ideas that take a lot of work and not doing them. (laughs) It works out very well on our end, but uh, that would be a fun thing to check out. Yeah. But uh, so to my, to my extent of knowledge, which is not that large, Mm -hmm. I would have to imagine one of the only ways that you can make drastic improvement is via 
trade. And I think that's really hard for me to visualize because Mm -hmm. I don't know what teams will want to do and I don't know which teams will want to do stuff either. Mm -hmm. If I had to take a guess, though, I think Sarasota is probably likely to make some moves because they Mm -hmm. already did. They picked up Austin Bentley in the offseason. Yep. Shout out to the commission. Hey, Hummus, you are the worst second starting pitcher in your division. (laughs) (laughs) Got him. (laughs) We love you, Hummus. (laughs) Um, But yeah, they they picked up a, you know, relatively high TPE starting pitcher. 1236 is good. Uh, They made a trade with Cancun, giving up a first round pick in Mm -hmm. the season 25 draft. Mm-hmm. In order to pick up Ace Carter, they now have him playing at second base, and he's the second highest second baseman in the league. Nice. It's like I feel like if they've already spent cap money on Austin Bentley and already spent draft capital on Ace Carter, yeah, I expect them, especially in a tight division, mm-hmm. probably be in buy mode. Yeah, I would I would assume so. And the big the big uh, category that they need to fix, mm-hmm. in my opinion would be their bullpen. Because right now they have Tristan Lung, mm-hmm. who is 1580, and not even the best reliever in the division. And then they have four relievers at or below 516. Mm-hmm. So basically, their their infield's really good. Their infield's the best in the division, mm-hmm. and their relief pitching is, by a healthy amount, the worst in the division. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Because uh, what's going to basically happen in my opinion is they might have a couple games that they win because of their infield, but they're also going to have a lot of games where they just start giving up like four runs in Mm -hmm. seven, eight, nine, because unless specifically Tristan lung goes out there to relief. Yeah. Dirk Diglett is going to be okay with Mm -hmm. five sixteen, but then everybody else is three fifty nine or lower. Yeah. Lots of areas or uh, lots of opportunities to blow games at the end of them. Unfortunately. Right, so it's going to be like a weird tug of war between can your infield win the game mm-hmm. before the relief pitching loses yeah. <laughs> it. Um, so yeah. it's stuff like that. It's those kinds of thought processes that are really tough and tricky, and that's why other people are GMs, and right. I don't want that because it scares me. Yeah. And then there are some instances where like Rougarous and Aviators mm-hmm. don't have to make moves. Right. I mean, they are the only two teams that do not have a worst in division player. Mm. Yeah. They're pretty set a pretty complete team overall for each of those teams. Yeah. Yep. I mean, aviators have the best starting pitching on average. They have the best relief pitching on average. They have the best outfield composition on average. Yep. The only thing that they're not the best in the league at is infield and the Rougarous are best in league at infield. Yep. It makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of good sense. Um, so we'll see how all of this plays out through the season. But uh, I am encouraged that our preseason predictions look pretty in line with what has happened thus far, um, and also what our you know module has has kind of. Yeah, and now with that in mind, mm-hmm. let's go through just real quick and dirty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what we think the eight teams to reach the playoffs will be, and then what we think the World Series matchup will be. Sure. Okay, so I can start us off. Eight playoff teams have to be the Aviators, 
and the slots as division leaders. I would have to guess Voyagers and pick your flavor of the day, Raptors, Vandals, Makos. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll be a homer and say, say the Vandals. Uh, I mean, I also put homer. you guys, I think I also, like, part of the reason I did that is because I will be half rooting for Vandals mm-hmm. because you're on them. Right. Yep. I, I will so also like, be rooting for the Vandals because I'm on it's them. Like, <laughs> you have favoritism. I have I have like diet favoritism. Yeah, you're being like just being a good guy. But I I do agree with your assessment that it's gotta be the aviators and the slots yep. winning the divisions. For sure. And then between Surge and Crabs, like they're going to lose enough games that it's gonna artificially prop up the Voyagers. Like Voyagers are gonna siphon a couple of extra wins off of yep. the Surge and Crabs. So I think it's a safe bet that the Voyagers probably yep. make it over i i don't see between slot uh, between raptors makos and vandals i don't see mm-hmm. two of them both doing no than no i i agree it's gonna be just one of them because i think i'm guessing all three of them will be, do better than the surge and the crabs um but not yeah but they're yeah, not I, gonna get two in yeah I, I just can't see three teams from legends west making it yeah i don't think i agree so I'd say those four in terms of who will get all the way to the World Series out of those four. I mean, it's a boring pick, but I would say the Aviators. Yep. I mean, I I already in the casino, I already bet on them winning the World Series. So. Nice. There you go. How much money did you put down on that? I think the max was 250. Okay. And it's I think it was an 11 to 2 payout. So if nice. I win, it would be 1.375 million, I think. Nice. Not a bad bet. Not a bad bet at all. Uh, over to the Champions Conference. Mm-hmm. Um, the obvious pick, the number one seed is going to be the Rougarous. Yep. Um, and I think, hmm, again, we're, we're back to the Champions East. I We can go with... <laughs> the cookie cutter answer is to go with the Apex, but I'm wondering, as you alluded to earlier, if the Supernovas will start making some moves and right. kind of really make a push. So I'll be spicy and say the Supernovas win um, for the uh, second division there. Mm-hmm. That's also what you put for your TPE predictions. Yeah. I put stars. I put stars because I did TPE predictions before making the spreadsheet. So right. oops. Yeah. Wow. It happens. Um, but I think in a weird way, the Champions East being as hard to think about mm-hmm. as it is makes it easier to say the Scorpions will also make the playoffs. Because I think the champions mm. East are just going to eat away at each other. Sure. I don't think any one of them can explode. I, I don't think two of them are going to be able to do well enough to stop the Scorpions because mm. the four of them are going to fight and the Scorpions are going to be able to get a couple of free wins off the Sea Serpents and get mm-hmm. a diet of lots. saturated free wins off lots. of the <laughs> Lots and lots. The interesting thing that is, though, is with the simulation module the scorpions are actually on the outside looking in by a single game which would be bananas Mm -hmm. but i i would agree i don't think it's going to happen so i'd say supernovas and the rougarous win their divisions and then i'd say like apex and scorpions get in the wild yeah and then i'm i have to imagine it's also you know take chalk over here put Mm rougarous in the world series and have a rug playing matchup yeah 
I think that's probably it's such a, it's so boring. It's kind of like anytime I listen to like a in real life sports talk show, they're making their you know predictions, and it's like, hmm, I think it's going to be the number one team and the number two team in the Super Bowl. Yeah, mm, uh, I'm really go out on a limb here and say the Brooklyn Nets are very good at yep. basketball. Oh, yep. cool! Is it so, because yeah. they have like three MVPs? Yeah, that would be why. Um, so that does feel kind of boring, but I I would have to say Aviators take down Rougarous in the World Series. Yeah, and honestly, that mentality is why I am not great at gambling on sports, whether in real life or here, because. <laughs> Like when I do my TPE bets, I'm like, I'm not just going to go by TPE order. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> That's boring. <laughs> Let me throw in these like three flips to spice things up. And then yeah. it's just like, oh, these are ah, terrible. Yeah. I should have taken chalk. Womp, womp, unfortunately. Uh, should we do a quick run through of the minor leagues? Shout out to our, our minor leagues here. Yeah. And uh, while you get that, simulation running um i will throw in the disclaimer that i do not have a minor league spreadsheet created because Mm -hmm. a it would have been a bunch of extra work and Mm -hmm. b and much more importantly it would have been worthless because there's a 350 tpe cap so like i am exactly as good as like three other shortstops and we're all tied for the best shortstop because we aren't allowed to get better. And it's a great rule to have. Obviously you don't want to like curb stomp new people or whatever. Right. But it just makes it so like this comparative notion between Mm -hmm. teams doesn't mean anything. So there's no value in looking at the TPE of players and there's no value at looking at the TPE of teams because you can't use it. Yeah, whereas in in the majors, you can pretty much just look at how many TP have you earned over, you know, however much time you've been in the league. The real thing with minor league is how many maxed players do you have, and then how good of a build are each of those individual yeah. players. And that's another just in general flaw with the sheet that I did make for the majors mm-hmm. is TPE total does not mean you're better. It just probably right. means that you're better. But I know if I am a shortstop and I am a hypothetically 1300 magician Mm -hmm. that's probably better than being a shortstop and being a 1600 big man on campus because my fielding will be awful yeah yep so there's some differences depending on how you invest and specifically what archetypes you are but just as like a vague rule of thumb it kind of works in the majors it definitely doesn't work in the minors because of what you said of Mm -hmm. how do you spend the tpe that you're capped to and Again, just the fact that you're capped with TPE. Exactly. Uh, so looking at the minors, we'll do a really quick context check-in. Um, uh-huh. The Sims up until this point in the West Division, we have the Hepcats leading uh, at 15 and 6. Wheelers mm-hmm. are two games behind with 13 wins. The newly branded California Firehawks are four games behind at 11 wins. Your Dillo, 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 Dillos, six games behind with nine wins. And the Brew City mm-hmm. Bears bottom of the division with only six wins nine games behind and then on the east chicago leads with a 14 and 7 record louisville has 11 and 10 state college dips below the 500 line with 10 and 11 kingston is at 9 and 12 and your former dynamos are missing Mm. you yep they have plummeted to 7 and 13 purely and only because Giuseppe tosin is no longer there that's right. No other factors whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
Yep. Not uh, a homer at all. Uh, to be perfectly honest, I think Dillo's being nine and twelve. Mm-hmm. I think that's overperforming. Yeah. We have like three really active players, but then we, like we we lost a lot to call ups. Yeah, unfortunately. So if, like for extra context for anybody who I think I said it on a previous episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the start of spring training, I was the only capped player. Right. Whereas you and had I, a bunch last season. Yeah, I think we had Dan King, Robert Mountain. Or he might not have been capped at the start. Mm-hmm. But uh, Trevin way, Knight, Steve Rogers. Yeah, plenty. <clears throat> yeah, so... Uh, we're going to go through the same process, run a hundred predictions or, or sorry, a hundred iterations of the rest of the season, um, to see what we've got. Do we still have only four playoff spots for the minors? Do you know? That's six, six. Thank you. And it's, oh, it's, uh, is this still the case where it doesn't have anything to do with division? It's just the six best. I believe that is correct, okay. which I do. I do not. I'm not in support of, I think that's dumb, but. That's just me. You don't like six or you don't like the East West not mattering. That one, the East West not mattering. I don't mind six players getting it. I think we talked about that in a previous episode. A big part of it is new players get to see their player in the playoffs and that's awesome. I'm all about it. Um, Mm -hmm. But I'd rather have the divisions matter, even just for the two division winners getting the one and two seed. I think, I think one hiccup with that though is like last year, Mm -hmm. if we did West winner and East winner get in and then it's, the next four teams mm-hmm. like it gets the best teams because mm-hmm. there's so much variation that can happen in the minors. Sure. If we did a three and three split, there would have been, I think two teams with losing records or something. Sure. Yeah. Cause I thought one of the sides got just like dunked the entire year. Yeah. So perhaps the, uh, divisions mattering model increases in effectiveness as you increase this number of teams overall size of the league that and or as you increase like when you remove the cap yeah because yep. it can be just like random happenstance where one team is just terrible yeah for sure and all the you know the conundrums with inactive players and everything like maybe it could be like a hybrid model of like the one and two seeds from each and then the two best overall or something mm, sure sure that makes but. sense uh anyways so with that in mind Looking at the 100 iterations for the West, we have the Hepcats holding out and clinching the number one seed throughout the entire league with 72 wins, uh, sitting at 667 winning percentage. Very, Very clean, nice. crisp two-third fraction. Yep. Fan, love it. Fan of that. Love it, love it, love it. Uh, the Firehawks are in second, 12 games behind with only 60 wins. We've got the Wheelers, 15 games behind with 57 wins. Your Dillos sitting at 44 wins, and they are 28 games behind the Hepcats. And in last place, we have the Brew City Bears with only 41 wins at the bottom of the division. Yep, on the east side of the river? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> lemurs in their second year of existing show the Bears how to do it wow. and get 60 wins, 48 losses to Super take impressive. east. Uh, and then Kingpins are sniffing their tail, 58 and 50. Mm-hmm. State College, also pretty close, 55, 53. Dallas, respectable, 53, 55. Mm-hmm. And then Kingston is probably not going to do very well from here on out. They are, on average, after 100 iterations, 40 and 68. Um, yeah. So 
this is kind of similar to the Champions East that we were talking about, where yeah. everything is so close that any amount of variation could throw all this out of whack. So yep. it's hard to hard to take the Miners East results of these iterations and be like, ah, oh, this is this is gospel. This is true. Right. Right. Yeah, they're all very, very squished. Whereas uh, what I find interesting is it seems like for the last 150 years, the 66ers have been so far and above everybody else um, that they are now sitting still very, very respectful sitting at second place. But the Hepcats are projected to be far and away the best in that division. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I don't know what exactly goes on with all these Sims again, like you said, it's like how how do you spend your points? What is yep. your build? What what do you do to utilize the cap properly? Mm-hmm. I don't imagine. I don't imagine Enoch is the kind of guy to like tell his players what to do mm-hmm. or anything, just because he's so friendly and agreeable. Like mm-hmm. He probably wouldn't want to, you know, blow the whistle and yep. bark orders or anything. Sure, not not that anybody does. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I'm just really curious as to where these big seasons come from in the minors, because theoretically, everyone is kind of at a similar range of talent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for the most part, everyone's much, much closer, obviously. Big difference between a brand new player at 100 versus the capped 350 than someone who just got called up or like a Dave man on the Vandals versus, you know, the top TP earner in the league. Yeah, you're. Uh, are you not a fan of Dave Mann? I think I think it's fine. I think he's an inactive, and I think he's a funny. It's a funny name, but uh, I also think it's funny that it's a professional player with 182 yeah. TP. <laughs> yeah, not great. But I guess we not, really needed not the, the lowest in the majors either. Really? Do you know who is the lowest in the majors? I do. Dave, it's it's weird. Dave Mann is Vandal's sixth slot reliever. Yeah. Yep. Uh, the Sarasota's fifth slot reliever is Brent Alexander, hmm. who has 129. I'm pretty sure he was on the Dynamos. I don't know if he was. I know he was on the Lemurs, but he might have been on Dynamos and then yoinked to the Lemurs when the Lemurs were made. That's a good but, point, Supernova. But either way, if you remember the name from a previous season and he's yeah. still currently at 129, yeah. he's probably inactive. I would say he's IA real good. Oh, he has three. Oh, yeah, Dallas, then Louisville, yep. and then Sarasota. Look at that. We are learning this league. We're figuring it out. <laughs> it's like It's like the robot in The Incredibles. Yeah. We're slowly killing supers until we learn how to kill Mr. Incredible. There you go. <laughs> I don't know what Mr. Incredible is in this this uh, metaphor here. I don't know. Is maybe just hummus? passing. Ooh. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> Man, we only lasted 16 episodes before Dr. K attempted the life of the commissioner. Metaphorically speaking. Metaphorically the life of the commissioner. No, I only say that because yeah, Hummus knows we like him. It's all good. We do. No worries. Hummus uh, accepted a bet of mine in the casino. Yeah? Yeah. What is, it's, what's the bet? Uh, I believe it's like it's cold random chance, basically. It's, yeah. I, I proposed 
to seven different people, I proposed mm-hmm. coin flip bets. Oh, effectively, um, I'm going to look up the one for hummus. I believe it is. I know it has to do with the Sarasota supernovas. Mm-hmm. Um, so these are these are the seven I or these are the ones I've proposed that have not been turned down. Mm-hmm. Um, between me and M Faith of Women mm-hmm. in PBE, I bet her that the Outer Banks Aviators will hit an even number of regular season doubles. <laughs> between me and Enoch, I bet him that the Kansas City Hepcats will hit an odd number of regular season home runs. Love it. Uh, between me and Jess or Scold Pedor on mm-hmm. JSync, I bet her that the Boise Raptors will allow an even number of regular seasons runs scored. <laughs> and between me and Hummus, I bet him that the Sarasota Supernovas will throw, like all of their pitchers combined, uh-huh. will throw an odd number of regular season strikeouts. <laughs> How much did you put down on all this? Uh, 10 million each. There it is, of course. <laughs> I also proposed one of these coin flips to Shu. He said no, but oh. he didn't say no. He said no via absolutely fucking not Jeff from a movie, which was harsh. Uh, I proposed one to AJ and he politely declined. Politely declined, Shu. Yeah, come on, Shu. AJ is a and good then, guy. He's nice. And then I sent one to Simo and he has not responded. Uh, well, the one I sent to Simo is the Dallas Dynamo's batters will accrue an odd number of regular season hits there you go so all seven of these are just coin flips yeah <laughs> kind of on par with the pat mcafee putting down like 30 grand on the coin flip of the super bowl oh did he do that yeah did you see that it was pretty hilarious he lost it it was really funny the amount of airtime they got talking about it was just just obscene obscene it was just like all right i'm really feeling tails what do you feel like they asked every guest you feeling heads or tails what are you thinking and then they actually I had mean, discussion as if it meant anything can you criticize them talking about the coin flip when you're talking about them talking about the <laughs> coin flip i humbly stand corrected <laughs> <laughs> oh man well i can't wait to watch that that'll be a really fun final sim for you um, tracking a very large number of yeah. uh, coin flips. <laughs> I will. I will receive. I have spent forty million dollars on these bets, yeah. and I will receive between zero mm-hmm. and eighty million. Yeah, that's pretty good because everything is just one to one. Right, 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 right. Um, Shu so, uh, was really active in the casino. Mm-hmm. He put down two hundred and twenty million. Holy cow! In total bets. Um, a lot of the bets seemed kind of lopsided. Sure. Like one of them, he was like, BJ Foe will lead the minors in zone rating. And it's like, yeah, that's because BJ Foe wiped his build, changed archetypes to magician and put 100 range. Yeah. Cause he's committing to a bit. Right. I can respect he's going for it. He is. It's also going to lower my defensive ratings because yeah like zone rating and efficiency are inherently comparative stats. Right. Exactly. So that's annoying. Um, such is but, life. Yeah. Um, but I guess the last thing we need to do to wrap up the predictions is, are, are we just going to say Hepcats win the world series? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I, I don't really see anybody else 
I mean, I, I would love to see the lemurs win the world series. That'll be like, if, if the dynamos and dillos are out of it, that'd be really fun to see the lemurs win. That'd be dramatic. Yeah. But so now that you're not on the, now that you're not on the dynamos anymore, Mm -hmm. if it comes down to dynamos versus dillos, who do you root for? I probably, probably still root for the dynamos. That's, that's fine. I was just curious. But I, but I would not be rage quit upset if the Dillos won. Yeah. With that being said, I don't even think Dillos are going to get to this forty four sixty four mark that we've simulated. Yeah. I think I think Dillos will be like within two of forty. Yeah. We'll see. One way or the other, who knows? We'll see what happens. But yeah, so you heard it here first. Innovative declaration of the future. Hepcats are going to win. I do not like how you said innovative. <laughs> I know. It was that funny. I don't actually say it like that in real life. Innovative. I know. That's why it but caught me off innovative. guard. <laughs> it's like uh, there was some controversy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Although one of my favorite mispronunciation of words, and I know that we have a bunch of people from England that are in this league, is uh, I would say atmospheric. There's a really great interview of a classical composer who's talking about. He's like, "Oh, I just love this." I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna attempt the accent because I would be awful at it. But he says atmospheric. Oh yeah, yeah. Got some atmospheric music. I'm like, oh, I really love how that sounds. <laughs> but I couldn't actually pull it off in you know my own everyday conversation. But no, you'd look super pompous. Yes, always. I am a doctor after all. Um, <laughs> oh, he's already whipping it out. It has been one week, folks, and he is pulling that card. Oh, you got to do what you got to do. Um, in the spirit of um, predictions, should we? Can we also check in with our players real quick and predict the rest of the the rest of the season? I think we've gotten over the one hour mark. So, from yeah, like I a, think so. a rating standpoint, I think we like checked the boxes and yep. we. We, we played by the rules. So uh, from here on out, it's our show. We do what I want. That's right. Thanks, Hammy, for grading. Appreciate you. Or, or whoever else it is. It might be somebody other than Hammy for this particular one. But um, yeah, so Tosin actually does stink, much like the, the jerseys say. <laughs> is I saw uh, AJ sent me a screenshot of some of the chat in the Vandals locker room. And yeah. They were just like, Blow pop cursed us. <laughs> yep, yep. It's that is a big bummer, but I absolutely freaking love it. Like this bit is like so funny. Um, yeah, it's, it's also like it, it points to our relationship that I can just do this. Yeah, and you're like, oh yeah, it's a good one, and you're not like genuinely upset or anything like that. Um, one one thing that I think is worth mentioning though is you and I on a previous episode, we're mm-hmm. talking about like long-term goals that we have for our players. Yep. And I said something like, I want you to throw like complete game shutouts. Yep. No hitter might be lofty. Perfect game is yep. definitely super lofty. Definitely. Super but lofty. I, but I'm confident I will see you throw uh, complete game shutouts. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that one of the league, one of the years in the league, you might like have the lowest like walk per nine ratio mm-hmm. or something like that. Lowest. For sure walk per strikeout ratio or something whatever whichever order you have the best um but i did say i'm also hoping 
that in your debut you get blown the hell up yeah. like you did in game one in the minors <laughs> last year. Um, yes, that did not go well. What uh, what happened in game one of the majors, Tosin? Um, <laughs> I put in my um, I put in my Vandals locker room. I said, I'm very happy to be continuing a tradition of beginning. <laughs> beginning of this season with double-digit ERA. (laughs) (laughs) So the first game against Maui, I went one inning and I gave up four hits for four earned runs, including two walks. Which is a nice, clean, crisp 36 ERA to start things off. Which Um, I brought down. The end of the sim, I had played three games and I brought that down to 1080, um, which is still uh, not good. Right, but I mean, like, even after day one, you and I were texting, and you said, uh, yeah. "I I said something like, you, you suck. You got you got. Blo- I, I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't phrase it like that. Yeah, I'm just kidding. I said something like, you got blown up uh, in your first game, yeah. but if your first game has an ERA of 36, and mm-hmm. then by the end of it, you're down to 10 point something, yeah, that means your next two performances must have been pretty okay. Right, right. And I will say that that game where I gave up four. Uh, Takahashi had a really rough game, so we were already down by a considerable number. Um, mm. So I wasn't even trying that hard. I figured I'd just kind of throw the ball like medium hard over the plate and could have been better if I wanted to. I just didn't <laughs> want to. You also weren't credited with anything. You The only yeah. thing that you've been credited with so far this season is one save. Which is kind of funny. Yeah. But, but I mean, like, take it. You, you've gotten eight outings. You've gotten, mm-hmm. I think it's nine point two innings or something uh 9.1 looks like 9.1 yep yeah so eight outings 9.1 innings and you only have given up runs in three appearances mm-hmm. which is fine. horrible i will say that so i'm currently sitting in 8.68 era which is not fantastic it's a 48 era plus ouch uh 225 whip not good but my fip is only 5.06 which is pretty good. And the BABIP is <laughs> my BABIP is a laughable 438. So still a little bit unlucky. Yeah. Um, one, I mean, like a calculation that I did and I said mm-hmm. to uh, Doc before we got started today was if mm-hmm. you take away that one inning four earned run and mm-hmm. you just like pretend that that was a spring training game or something yeah. like that, then. Your ERA drops down to, I think it was 5.76. Right. Which is far more respectable, also a little bit closer to my FIP, which suggests maybe that's a little... Right, but I mean, like, for for even more context, that 5.76 number is hopefully from here on out what you'll, like, kind of plateau towards. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And with that in mind, when we just looked at, like, a 100-season iteration of the league in the majors, like bug had like a 4.1 right. or something so like obviously that 1.6 is a noticeable difference but it's right. a digestible one yeah oh absolutely absolutely i just wish i i would just love to have the kind of season where you start with zero era and you're like wow this is really fantastic and then you slowly inch that number up to a respectable number as opposed to starting at 200 and then trying to slowly bring it down <laughs> I thought you were going to say, I want a, a season where you start at zero ERA and then slowly inch up towards 20. Yeah. That, well, that would be less good. <laughs> right. That's that's why I was 
I was waiting with confused hesitation. You're like, oh, that's interesting. Or something. Uh, should we check in with uh, your player, see how Wallaby Hickams is doing? Sure. Um, I am still down in the minors, so I don't have any big exciting changes. I don't have any mm-hmm. big dramatic changes in my stat sheet, necessarily. Right. Um, so far, through the first 21 games, I would say I am overperforming a little bit, mm-hmm. which is nice. Yeah. Um, so I'm clocking along. Uh, it's kind of... I'll start with, I guess, the slash line, because that's kind of universal. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a batting average of 289, which mm-hmm. is very healthy. Very uh, nice. Definitely, definitely better than it was last year. Oh, yeah. Um, my on-base percentage has also uh, gotten much better. It went from 319 to 379 right now. Yeah. Um, and that's because through three games, or sorry, through three days of Sim, I already have 11 walks. Wow. Which is... For my standards, pretty good. Oh, yeah. Like the projection there is 57 walks by the end of the year mm-hmm. compared to 36 from last year. Yeah. Pretty so, dramatic difference. I don't know if um, st- I started the season at the 350 cap. Last year, mm-hmm. you and I got to the 350 season mm-hmm. or week three. Right. You know, like mid midweek two, we earned enough, but then the update doesn't go in until after the end of week two. Yeah. I am starting the season at cap, so that should help. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, at for sure. At the same time, I think one thing that also impacts that is I think the majors expansion has siphoned away players. Oh, yeah. So I think average TPE of a pitcher on the mound and average TPE of a fielder that I'm hitting to mm-hmm. are a little bit low right now. Yep. And as the that season goes on, I can't get better, mm-hmm. but I'll, the average pitcher and fielder will. Yeah. So I think, I think this pace I'm at now mm-hmm. is not realistic. Sure. I think my end numbers will be a little bit lower than that. Yeah. But I still, I still expect to hit a couple of milestones. Like I still expect to hit at least fifty-five or sixty runs, just because mm-hmm. I'm the leadoff batter now. I'm on pace for seventy-two. Yep. Maybe 60 is a more realistic expectation as the fielders and pitchers get better. Mm-hmm. I should still definitely get 100 hits. Oh, yeah, I'm easily. Pace I did last year in the third spot in the lineup. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of stuff that's kind of hard to predict because I am now a static variable. I no right. longer change. Mm-hmm. Um, like my projected war is like 4.9 or something. Hmm. I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. Um, it'd be fun it would be fun I just don't think it's realistic right. uh, one other thing that I also did is uh, I've gone through several iterations of simulated seasons starting from week one day one mm-hmm. so like what I did was after the week one day one file was released mm-hmm. I advanced to the end of the season mm-hmm. so that I could advance to the next season and then I would simulate an entire season to sure. see like what my rough expected values are supposed to be mm-hmm. um and my average average which sounds really stupid to say that's okay my average average is 263 and right now i'm hitting 289 so like i'm already mm-hmm. overperforming and i think i should further underperform right once other people start to invest tpe yep um my average, av- uh, my average OPS plus was ninety three point two five so far. Hmm. 
and currently in the season I'm at 123. Yeah. So it's just a couple of interesting things like that. Uh, like my average season war mm-hmm. is supposed to be about 1.9. Right now, mm-hmm. after three days, I'm already at 0.9. Right. So I, I can't tell if I'm lucky or if I was doing like simulations wrong in the program or something like that. Mm. But um, can't be mad about it. Yeah, all about it. You got to love to see some overperformance and just in general, it's fun to see your player doing really well. Yeah. And I also won't be getting awards this year because Vlad Batista mm-hmm. is even more over overperforming. He has an average of 389 or something right now. Jeez. So he's going to probably get the silver slugger. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then BJ foe of the Swift Steeds is the guy who yeah. dumped literally all of his points into fielding. And right. he's going to win the gold glove because he already has like 1.1 something efficiency. And I don't think that I'll be able to lower his efficiency much. 1.072. Is already at 2.7 zone rating, too. So, yeah. The frustrating thing about BJ Foe, though, is not him committing to the fielding bit. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Yep. The frustrating thing to me is the fact that his batting stats with literally zero investment in batting yeah. are noticeably <laughs> like th- he has a better batting average than I had my rookie year when I yeah. did invest in batting. Right. Right. He has a worse OPS plus, though. That's nice. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, goes back to Wallaby Hickam's rookie year. Sim just screwed you over. Yeah, unfortunately. But it's better now. It they didn't get worse, so now you're still playing the game. We're still having fun. So that's very positive. Yeah, I said to Doctor K uh, after the first or. It was right before our second season, I think. Yeah, I said at some point, I was like, it was during spring training, my batting stats were awful. And I was like, if this is the norm, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to have fun because I don't want to keep spending time and seeing zero improvement. So I said to him, if I hit below Mendoza line again, I'm quitting. Yep. But then I hit like 260. It got better. You didn't get screwed over nearly as much. Yeah. Which is nice. Very enjoyable. Coolio, well, uh, any other things you want to chat about? Blow pop? Um, well, we already alluded to this, but on Wednesday we'll be having our collaborative episode mm-hmm. with women in PBE. Um, mm-hmm. So that'll be fun. That'll be a good time. Yeah, super excited about it. Uh, and then a week from today, so on Friday, May 14th, mm-hmm. uh, Doc and I plan on recording the charity episode. So yep. we will have like one and a half episodes that week because mm-hmm. it'll be half us, half women. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm assuming they're going to host it. Yeah, I think so. I think they're having us on their show, so it'll be more yeah. us on them on their yeah. show than than anything else. Yeah. So like from a from like a league rules money standpoint, mm-hmm. we'll be done because that'll probably last an hour. Yeah. And regardless of if we get paid fully or whatever for that mm-hmm. uh we're we're planning on just having the charity episode be non-gradable anyways because right. it kind of defeats the purpose of charity if we yeah. ask to be paid for it exactly even if it's fake money that's just yeah yeah plus i don't think either of us need money yeah nope we're good plus plus 
I am in the middle of writing two <laughs> huge articles. Yep. And one smaller one for Shady for his uh his charity his charity piece. Oh, that's right. I'm looking forward to reading about that. What are you writing it on? Just his player? Just his player. Um his second season in the minors was nuts. Yeah. Uh yeah, I'm gonna pull up. I guess what I've written about him so far, I suppose. Um, he, I mean, like he, he got an MVP in the minors his second year. Nice. Where he had like a 156 OPS plus or something really high like that. Wow. I think it was 2033. Mm-hmm. But I don't remember for sure. Yeah, 146 OPS plus had a four and a half war. Yeah. Wow. Look at look at the gap between uh home runs his rookie year and sophomore year. I can't f- ha- it's not letting me pull up all of his oh. stats. Um Oh, here we go. Big pardon. Uh yeah, he went from 9 home runs to 24. Yeah. So there's nice. there's plenty for me to chew on there. Um That'll be fun. Also, he told me like I, I sent a message to him and I was like, mm-hmm. Dude, your second year, you popped off. And he was like, yeah. yeah, you think so. But my rookie year, one of my teammates, Bob Gibbles had the best batting season in minor league history. Wow. Where he to this day still has the record for average and slugging and OPS. Jeez. <laughs> Just went bonkers on it. Yeah. That's awesome. Cool. Well, looking forward to reading those articles. That'll be a lot of fun. It should be a good time. Yeah, for sure. Coolio. Well, uh, with that, I say we wrap it up. Um, thank you so much to everyone for listening. Yeah. Uh, and again, we'll, after having a hiatus last week for mm-hmm. a very noble cause, we will kind of have two episodes next week. Yep. Depending on how you want to think about it. I mean, again, it's the women's show. Mm-hmm. We'll still link it because I want to feed my ego. There you go. There it is. Um, And I can't remember if we've teased it on here, but we do have a special uh, kind of for funsies game we're doing with the women of PBE. We basically Mm -hmm. took all of the players that are in either of our discords. We did a snake draft, and then we are putting those two teams against each other in a best of seven world series. Uh, Yeah. And to clarify, it's not like, it's not Dr. K and I drafting from our Discord fan base right, and right. them drafting for theirs. It's we just took everybody and put them in a big bucket. Yep. Um, one thing I did realize mm-hmm. is um, uh, Taco Shop's character. Mm-hmm. He has uh, Haywood Dinkle, I think. Mm-hmm. We invited him to the server after we made the roster list. And oh, I, bummer. I forgot to put him on. So shout out to Taco Shop for having a 1000 plus TPE player that we should have had on one of the teams. And mm. also shout out to taco shop for a ton of work. He's been doing with the stock market reveal. Awesome. Yep. Huge shout out for sure. So if you want to hear the results of that seven game series, we're going to talk about it on the women of PBE podcast when we're on next week. So should be yep. a jolly good time. It's already been simmed. We just wanted to have the numbers to talk about it. We didn't want to like spend the game or spend the uh, time on the yeah. podcast commentating because that would just eat up all of it. Yeah. And that's just not, yeah, not the type of media that our listeners are here to listen to. So, no. 
Coolio. Well, we will uh, see you all next week. Thank you so much for listening in and subscribing and hanging out on our Discord and all of that fun stuff. Yeah, it's a good time. Yeah. You know Go. how to wrap it up. Both of my teams have losing records. Yeah, so does ours. All of our one teams of, are awful. No, only one of our teams is awful. That's true. Alice has our, been unlucky. All of our Toros, teams are not great. Toros are... Toros are like a pyrotechnician for a movie set making something blow up on purpose. Yeah, that's true. It's, it's catastrophic and dangerous, but it's very much doing what it's supposed to. Right. That's true. Maybe one day we'll be on this podcast and we'll be talking about how both of our players are incredible and how both of our teams are doing really well and how great it is to be on top of the mountain. Uh, but today is not that day. No. Unfortunately. I mean, the only way that we can both be on top of the mountain is if you maybe uh, join the Toros in like five oh. years or something. Or How's that for tampering? <laughs> dillo Dillo. Yeah, they love, they love.